So God is trying to tell his people, as you walk in the fullness of my glory, you'll overcome the enemy and you have complete victory. And that means that in 2017, God is waiting for his people to walk in the fullness of the blessings. But we have to understand the authority and the dominion that God has given us. So if you would, would you bow your heads in a word of prayer for me? Dear Heavenly Father, as for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel. For I'm an ambassador and bond, therefore I speak as art. You said, if I open my mouth, you would fill it. Father, I know nothing among your people save Jesus the Christ and him crucified. I come not with enticing words of my own wisdom, but in demonstration of your spirit and power that faith may rest in God and not in man. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for you have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, have sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captive, recover sight of the blind, set of freedom those who are bruised. Preach this up you of the Lord's favor. Father, be in glory, honor, and praise this morning. Let it go to Calvary. Spirit of the living God, spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. This morning that when the dust clears, only one standing is Jesus. As for articulation, specifics, and a revelatory word to set the captive free. Now, Lord, you say if I go preaching your word, you would go with me, confirm your word with signs following. I expect it because one soul is worth it all. If you would, will you turn to Luke chapter 9? Luke chapter 9. And if I was to use a title today, it would be you're chosen. God has chosen you. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. Then he called the twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, neither staff nor bag, nor bread nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of the city, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So then they departed and went through the towns to preach the gospel and healing everywhere. Now I'm going to start right there. Now think about this. The Bible said that Jesus gave the twelve power and authority. Now, to understand the power and authority that Jesus gave them, power is the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. Authority is the right to use his name in the keys to the kingdom. And when we understand kingdom, we have to understand it means king with dominion or dominion of a king. So if the kingdom of God is inside of you and the dominion of the king is residing in you, then you have every right to operate just like Jesus. And when Jesus gave them the power and authority, he gave it to them to operate in the same realm that he operated in. Now think about this. If he gave them power and authority over all devils, how much is all? How much is all? Okay, come in, Pastor. I'm going to show you. Give me all the money that you have. Uh, Your wife must have it. (laughs) Is that all your money? He gave me his all? Yes? No. The word all means nothing lacking. See, because if he gave me his all, he would have went to the bank, took out all the money. Come on. That's what all means, nothing lacking. When Jesus gave us all on the cross, there was nothing lacking. Everything was given. So when he said he gave them all, power and authority over all demons, that means there's not a sickness, there's not a demonic spirit that has the ability to overtake you. 
But see, if we don't know that we're operating in that authority, what we'll do, we'll look at the doctor more than the word. And when the word of God is actually manifested, then what happened, God has to do exactly what he said. So he said, I gave you power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Now think about that. So that means there's not a disease that cannot be cured. Come on, are we reading the same scriptures? Uh, I'm like, are we reading the same word of God? There is not one sickness that can overcome, overtake you. We've had six people healed of AIDS in our ministry. I mean, if God can raise 11 people from the dead, you know what? I'm not special. You have the same Jesus. You have the same word. You have the same Holy Spirit. You have the same blood. You have the same resurrection that I do or any other man of God or woman of God. But you have to understand when he gave them the authority, he gave it to them to operate in that authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And this is what he said. Then he said, he said, then he sent them. See, a lot of times we want to operate in the things that God has given us, but we don't want to do anything. So to actually see the glory of God, you have to do something. And so he said that he sent them. Now watch this. Preaching the kingdom, the king with dominion. Actually, in the original Greek, the kingdom actually means the rule of the Messiah. Who's the Messiah? Who's the Messiah? Again, who's the Messiah? One more time, who's the Messiah? Pastor, who's the Messiah? So Jesus letting them know. When they went to preach, they preached on the authority of who he was. Now, think about this. A lot of times when we talk about healing, we think about healing. People come to services and they're sick. And the only thing they want is to be healed, and that's good. But you have to realize the kingdom came before the healing. You have to produce the proof that Jesus is alive first. So the Bible said, he said, he sent them and they preached the kingdom and healed the sick. That's in conjunction. So when you understand that God has given you the authority and dominion and you produce the proof that Jesus is alive, then healing has to come. Why? Because it's not your authority, it's his. Does that make sense to you guys? Everybody's okay? Yeah, looking at me with that Canada look like. See, what I'm trying to tell you is this. He said he sent them. And that means that he could not just give them authority, power and authority over all demons and cure their sickness and diseases and let them stay there. They had to be able to go and produce the proof that Jesus was alive. And when people come, and I tell people when they come to the service, and I know sometimes it depends on the sickness or what the doctor said. People come, but when you miss the message, See, the message, first of all, again, the prophetic is Jesus Christ. When you get to the place that you overlook the message just for the healing, you can miss something. But when you actually absorb the message in your spirit, then God has to move because God cannot lie. Is this true? Is this true? So that's what God is saying. So today we have to realize that he chose 12 to operate just like he operated. And he gave them power and authority over all demons, all sicknesses. And verse 6 says, and they went everywhere preaching and healing those who were sick. So now if you think about it, we'll look at it, we say, well, but they were the disciples. Jesus picked them out by two. So, you know, they had to be special because, you know, it seemed like the fivefold ministry. 
And a lot of times, I, I can't say about here, but in America, we get caught up on the fivefold ministry more than Jesus. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. You know, when I travel some places, they call me apostle because I do a work of an apostle. I know I'm prophetic. But see, it doesn't matter. Bottom line is this. It doesn't matter what title you have. It actually matters is what you present to the people. And if it's Jesus. Amen. And so here he is. And so what we do, we get caught up on the titles. But when we realize that it's not based on the title, it's based on the one who called us to actually carry out the fullness. And so here Jesus is. And he said, now go. And the Bible said they went from every village and doing what Jesus told them. They start to heal the sick. But we look at that and we look at the 12. And like I said, the five four minutes, we say, oh, my goodness, I'm not an apostle. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a prophet. But guess what? The Bible tells us that the five four minutes is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Anybody have any keys? Can I get somebody with some keys? More than one key. Okay. There you go. Now, the five-fold ministry is nothing but the key ring. That's all we are. You guys are the ones that actually open the door. You're the ones that actually lock the doors. And see, when the five-fold ministry become more than the key ring, then we lose sight of who Christ is. But when we understand it's for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. That means that God has given you something in your community to be able to bring healing, deliverance. It, ma- it doesn't matter what they're going through. You have to realize that you have the ability. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said, I give you the keys of binding and loosing. He didn't say key. He said keys. That means you can't just build a house with one brick. You got to use more than one scripture. This is what Jesus was telling the disciples. I am giving you something that you can actually use in other areas. Thank you, Pastor. But let's look at Luke chapter 10. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. And sent them two by twos together before his face to every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the labors are few. Therefore pray the Lord of harvest that he will send out labors into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you as, out as lambs among wolves. Now think about this. Here is Jesus. He already gave the authority to the 12. And they went out and did what he said. But see, he called 70 more. Now, you have to realize there are four numbers that are perfect in the Bible. The number three, the number seven, the number 10, the number 12. Those numbers are considered perfect. Now, think about this. So Jesus called the 70 together. And he sent them out by twos. The Bible says two touching in the green. Amen. There's power in agreement. There's power in understanding. And so here he is. He didn't just leave it to the 12 apostles. He called 70 other people and gave them the same authority and the same dominion as he did the apostles. Why? Because if we just look at the fivefold ministry and what they're doing, then we'll forget about what we're called to do. But when we understand that the same authority, the same dominion, the same power that was given to the 12 was given to 70 others. 
Now here's Jesus. He said, now this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and buy twos. And I want you to go into the cities where I'm going to go. I want you to prepare the people for my coming. And we look at John the Baptist and we say, well, John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ. But so are we, the body of Christ. And there's places where I might go that you might not go. And there's places you might go, I might not go. But the thing about it, we're forerunners. We're letting the world know that he's coming. And that's very important. So here he is, and he sent them out by twos, every place he was to go. So therefore, he was going to send them out and say, okay, what I want you to do, I want you to go and demonstrate what I'm going to do when I come. Prepare the people for when I come. Prepare them for when I am there, that they will already know they have a taste of what I'm doing. And you say, well, well, brother, what's this got to do with Canada? What's this got to do with Calgary? God is trying to tell you that it's time for you guys to go out and prepare the people. Is that okay so far? Thank you, Pastor. Everybody else looking at me. He sent them out, but then... The thing that got me about this, he said he sent them as lambs among wolves. A wolf is a predator. A lamb is what? Prey. Why would Jesus send them out like lambs among wolves? And I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, that does not make sense. You're actually sending us out to be slaughtered? I mean, if you love us, I mean, why would you actually put us in a position where we can't prosper? Why would you send us out if we don't have the ability to do exactly what you ask us to do? And you know what? The Holy Spirit, he's so gracious. He'll talk to you if you let him. He'll explain some things to you if you let him. And this is what he said. Look at the scriptures. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. And let's see something. Is that all right? Isaiah chapter 40. Hmm. But I'm going to read this out of the Amplified to give us a little bit more insight. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 10 and 11. And this is amplified. Behold the Lord. Listen to it. Behold the Lord will come with might. And in his arm will rule for him. Behold his reward is with him. And his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arm. He will carry them in his bosom and he would gently lead those that have the young and I said Lord I never saw that scripture before like that can you um, what is it I just saw right here Roger get that I want you to be an illustration for me stand over here now listen to me he sent them as lambs among wolves but according to this The lamb was in the arms of the shepherd. Listen to me. So when he was sending them out, he wasn't sending them out as prey. He was sending them out under the authority of being in the arms of one that's greater than the wolf. 
Here, can I hear? Here they are in the arms of one who has the authority and dominion and power. He said, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. We're sending you out among the predator. But you don't have to worry about being a lamb because you're in the arms of the shepherd. And if you're in the arms of the shepherd, the only thing the wolf can do is howl. That's all he can do is make noise because he can look at you. You might look like a lamb chop, but when you look at the one, the arms at you, and he see the Messiah, he see the power, he see the authority, he see the dominion. So why would you be afraid of a demonic spirit when you're in the arms of the shepherd? So he said, I'm going to send you out, but you know, the enemy's looking at you as a lamb, but when he actually really see you, he doesn't see you, he sees me. And when he sees me, the thing that he realizes is that greater is he <laughs> that's in you than any howling wolf. You know what? The enemy might howl sickness, but you're in the arms of the shepherd, the healer. The enemy might howl, you don't have enough money, but he said, look, I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. See, everything that you need is in the arms of the one that you're in. See, but most people... No, no, you ain't done. You ain't done. You ain't done. Don't, don't go nowhere. See, we want God to bless us. Throw it to me. But you know what, Lord? I don't understand. Oh, you just won't bless me. And we turn our back because we're so caught up on what the doctor said. But Lord, I know. Come on. But what about the. I just don't understand. How am I going to get that job? And see, and he's throwing it too fast, too. So we, we have to realize. That's the Argentinian thing. Uh, but see, the problem is most Christians, when we go out and we face the enemy, we think we're going on our own strength. It's never been about you. It's never been about me. It's the arms that you're in. You're in the arms of the Messiah. You're in the arms of one who can carry you beyond the sickness and the disease. You can be seated. You carry you beyond the poverty. No matter what the enemy says, your church have the right because why? You're in the arms of Jesus. But see, most Christians say, I'm waiting. Well, Lord, I'll just wait. He said, but he sent them by twos. Come here, Pastor. Hook up with me. See, we don't have to be the same color, but we are twins. Come on, brother. You said, no, you're not. Yes, we are. See, because we recognize that God that's in him is the same God that's in me. You stop looking at denominational things and colors. You say, but wait a minute, we got the same Jesus. Because both of us is in his arms. Amen. And so now, when he moves to the right, I move to the right. He's almost made me fall too. When I move to the left, he moves to the left. Why? Because now we're not individual, we're a body. And when you become a body, you come in the strength of the one whose your arms you're in. Jesus. So now guess what? I've never met him before, but guess what? My spirit bear witness with his spirit that we're one. And therefore, since we're one, we have the same Lord. And we have the same authority, the same dominion. And just because I travel to nations doesn't mean that the God blessed me more than him. Because guess what? We're hooked. Come on. So how do you change a community? Realize whose arms you're in. So when you go out... I don't care if they 
Satanists, I don't care what denomination, not, I don't care what they are. You can go in the authority because Jesus said go. But Lord, no, I, I, I would go, but I really don't like this pastor. And we don't really, and now we, we, we separate based on what? Because of a hurt? Because of a wound? Guess what? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and he still died for us. So guess what? I'm American and he's Canadian, but guess what? We're still one because we're the body. But think about that. So why would Jesus send you to a place where you'll be devoured? He won't because you're in his arms. Thank you, Pastor. So let's, 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 let's move on a little bit more. So my question is this to you today in Calgary. Are you going to catch it? Are you going to catch it? Are you waiting for somebody to have a supernatural anointing to pray for you? Or are you going to understand? He called 70 others who did not have a title, but they had the same right. You have the same right to see this church filled. You have the same right to see your family delivered. You have the same right to see your children prosper. You have the same right. Why? Because you have the same Jesus as any man or woman of God that's on the face of the earth. But if you get caught up on stargazing, guess who's in town? Jesus said, I've always been here. Oh my gosh. You know, he's, he's going to do this. Jesus said, but why are you waiting? Every Sunday I'm here. Every Wednesday I'm here. When you're, when you're not, I'm still here. And I tell people, I'm like an uncle. He's, a, he's the father. You know, uncle only come to visit. <laughs> but the father is the one who stays. And this is what God wants you to understand this morning. Now, let's go down. Let's, let's see something real quick. Now, again, he gave 70 the same authority. Now, can you put your hand on your chest for me just, just, just to appease me? And say this with me. I have the right. To operate with the same authority as Jesus. Okay, let's, let's go a little deeper. Now, let's go down to verse 17. Of Luke, I'm sorry, verse 17 of Luke. I want to make sure we stay in the same vein. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. But before we go there, think about this. Jesus said, go into the houses, go into the places, and I want you to stay there. I want you to minister there. I want you to be able to be productive there. But see, some of us won't go to certain places because we might not like the person or we might not like the area. We might not agree with how they live. But when you carry the gospel of Jesus Christ, You have to get beyond what you feel and understand what you know. And what we know that he set the captive free. We understand that he opened the blind eyes, unstopped deaf ears. I mean, he did all those things. And he said, now it's yours. Tomorrow I'm going to teach you how to operate in the God kind of faith. See, the God kind of faith can't fail. Mm. Amen, Brother Russell. Thank you. Now think about this. If God told you to go to America, 
And let's say he sent you to a place in America that they really don't care for people from Canada. And you know they don't like you. You know they're going to come against you. You know they're going to talk about you. You know they're going to want to do things to you. Would you still go? Most people are like, oh, no, Lord, why would you send me to a place where I'm going to be rejected? Why would you send me to a place, Lord, where they're not going to acknowledge me and understand who I am and what I'm doing? See, but the problem is this. You remember Jesus in the wilderness after he fasted 40 days and 40 nights? Where did the Holy Spirit lead him? He didn't lead him to the synagogue. He didn't lead him to a great crowd. He led him before the enemy. See, we want to be Holy Ghost filled, but not Holy Ghost led. See, to be Holy Ghost led means that I'm not running from a fight. See, because I already know I already win. The fight's fixed. Oh, it's rigged, as y'all would say here. We say fixed, y'all say rigged. But think about this. Why would the Holy Spirit lead Jesus to a place where he would come face to face with the enemy? See, because what's in you is going to come out of you. So whatever you put in comes out. Jesus is not what goes in a man that defiles him is what comes out of him. And see, what we do, we want to fight against the enemy without having any substance. Come on, Roger. Stand on there. And so what the Holy Spirit, he led Jesus to a place where the authority and dominion, first of all, could be seen. See, because what good would it be if Jesus gave you authority and dominion and he didn't operate in it? Oh, I feel like I'm in England. You guys ain't saying a word. I'm, <laughs> when I go to England, I got the same English look. I'm like, okay. So here he is, and he's led by the Spirit. And the Spirit led him to the enemy. See, because to be able to produce the proof, you got to be tried. See, we want proof, we want the blessing, we want everything, but we don't want to go through nothing. We don't want to be tried. But guess what? If you're going to produce proof, you've got to produce that the fruit is good. And here is Jesus. He comes before the enemy, and the enemy says, first of all, he says, if you be the son of God. Now, why are you sitting up there trying to convince the devil who you are? You don't. When you understand what's inside of you and the power and authority, you don't understand. You just speak what God said. He said it is written. He didn't say this is what I think or what I feel. He only gave what he had inside of him. And when you have this authority and dominion, I was sharing with the pastors last night. It's a Lima, Lima, Arizona, Lima, Argentina. Before we walked in, the Lord already told me, he said, the witches are waiting for us. There was five witches there. Two sisters, demon possessed. See, but the only thing they want to see, they don't care how many tongues you speak in. They don't care what church you go to. The only thing that demonic spirits recognize is authority. And that authority is not you, it's the word that's in you. And he said, and Jesus said, it is written. But think about this. How many of us ever pleaded the blood of Jesus over something besides me? How many of you have ever rebuked the enemy besides me? Now think about this. The Bible says resist the devil. He will what? Resist. See, what we think is we just say in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, that he's going to run. Now, if he didn't leave Jesus the first time he said it was written, 
He didn't leave Jesus after the second time. He said it was written. But after the third time. So in other words, he letting you know that you have to be consistent in the word. And if he didn't run when Jesus said it's written, what make you think just because you say the blood he's going to run? Jesus is the written and living word. And so what Jesus said, what I want you to understand, and I need to hurry up. I want you to understand that you have authority. Now watch this. And he only gave him what was in him because he was led by the spirit. Now let's look at verse 17. You done. Thank you. And the 70 returned with joy. Now think about that. How many times have you ever fought the enemy and came back joyful? Woo! What's wrong? Hey, baby, I just got to fight with the enemy. Hallelujah! Yeah! Look, girl, I was out all last night just fighting that devil. Oh, hallelujah! Glory! Come on. How many of y'all dance and shout after you come out of a battle? Woo! What's wrong? Woo! You just don't understand, girl. You know, first of all, oh God, oh God, over to God. We need to understand joy. The Bible says, in his presence is the fullness of what? And the joy of the Lord is your, then why are we so weak? Because we don't stay in his presence. The 70 return with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us. In your name. Notice it's not subject to the men. They were subject to the name. And what did he give you? Power and authority. And what's that? Power, the name of Jesus. And his kingdom. Authority, right to use his name. And the keys to the kingdom. So that means now you're walking. And that, as we say, in the Old Testament, it's called Rhoda. In the New Testament, it's called Exousia. That's the reign and authority that's delegated to walk in power. He's given it to you. Here in this church, you have it. He said, but you got, you got to use it. You can't wait for the pastor or a prophet or somebody coming. He said, I gave you the same authority that I gave the 12. You don't have to wait for Peter, James, and John. You've been given the right to take Calgary. I don't care that big old church up there on, on the hill. doesn't matter. You still have the right to go and choose and go in and hallelujah be a witness and produce their proof. You have the right to lay the hands on the cancer people and they be healed. You have the right to call things but be not as though they were. Why? Because he given you his authority and his dominion and his power. But we're waiting for somebody to come and slap us down with grease and say, ah, and then cry in the name of Jesus. No, look here. What happened if you can't get a hold of your pastor? You better understand what you got inside of you. Now, I notice. Now, he gave him power and authority, and we're going to end on this. Did y'all enjoy this so far? Okay. Verse 18. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning. A flash from heaven. Now, he goes from hearing their report about being having authority over demons, then he tell you who you really have authority over. No, Satan, the one who's fallen. See, all those are under his domain. They're under his dominion. He said, now look here. You know when they have authority over demons, you got authority over the one who actually is over the demons. 
You got authority. Even the weakest Christian has more authority in Jesus than Satan himself. And we're waiting. Oh, the devil, look here. The devil has no authority over you. You've been blood bought and blood paid for. You have been given a commission by Jesus the Christ to go forth in the power demonstration. But you don't understand if I say his name too loud, he'll come after me. That don't even make sense. He's already after you, whether you say his name or not. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. So my question is this. If he fell like lightning from heaven into the earth, who do you think kicked him out? The very one that gave you power and authority. His name is Jesus. Verse 19. Trying to see what time that says. Oh, I don't want to go. For, I, I want to keep. Okay. Verse 19. Behold, I've given you. Oh, hallelujah. Come here, big man. Stop right there. Now, notice. He said, Behold. I've given you. Now once I release it, it's not mine anymore, it's his. So whatever I have, I gave to him. Now he has the very thing that I have. He said, behold, I've given you. Now notice, he said, behold, I have. He said, I've given you what? Authority and power. Now this is amplified. To trample on serpents and scorpions. He said, now notice, we're waiting for Jesus to cast out demons. We're waiting for Jesus to lay hands on the sick. But he said, I gave gave it to you. But you don't understand, I'm just a housewife and I'm just a student in school. He said, it doesn't matter, I've given you. And most Christians are waiting for certain people to do certain things. And he said, but wait a minute, I've given it to you. Then why are you waiting for the enemy to come when you got authority and the only part of the human anatomy that the enemy has a right to see is the bottom of your feet. That's the only part of your body he should see while you're walking on him because he's the the reason why he said defeated because he ain't got no feet. Anyway. (laughs) Now notice, he giving up his authority real quick. He was trying to give it back to me. He like... uh, and, and see, this is the problem with Christians. God gave us the authority, and we give it back, saying, Now, Lord, what are you going to do? He said, But I gave it to you. But, Lord, you don't understand. I'm going through hard times in my marriage. I gave it to you. But, Lord, I just lost my job. I gave it to you. My children, he said, I gave it to you. In other words, stop talking about what you're going through and realize what's been given to you. And see, when your verbiage change, when you start to speak like he speak, then you act like he act. He said, I've given you authority and dominion. Power to trample on serpents and scorpions. Physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses. All the power that the enemy possesses. Now, isn't sickness part of the enemy? Come on. So that means he possessed, right? He possessed sickness, right? Man, 
wow, you guys are a hard crowd today. I'm like, I, y'all like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in Argentina. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, look at, see now, what kind of authority is that? You see that? He just gave up his authority and said, here, Jesus, take it. I don't want it. But watch this. So he gave you power and authority over everything that the enemy possessed. So that means there's not a sickness, not a disease that he possessed that you don't have authority over. And nothing shall by any means harm you. Can I ask you a question? Have anybody ever been sick here before? Anybody ever had problems financially before? Anybody, children, gone through things before? But you, you, he said, nothing would harm you. Smith Wigglesworth, y'all know who Smith Wigglesworth is? Or was? I was preaching in Sunderland, where Smith Wigglesworth was born. And I was ministering at this church. And the, the pastor, he's one that um, housed different missionaries. I was the first black man. My last name, Black Man, too, so don't think I'm turning. Oh, he, what he say? He's a black man. That's my last name, Black Man. So I am the original, okay? <laughs> so I just want to let y'all know that so y'all won't think I'm being prejudiced. I am Black Man, and my name is Black Man. I'm a black man. So I'm, when you look at me, you see the original baby. Say, hey, that's the original over there. But anyway, <laughs> so here I am, and I, I'm, I'm at this place, and he has a book and a log of all the people who stayed with him. Before they became, you know, well known. Dr. Cho, who has the largest church in the world. Kim Clement, Kenneth Copeland, different ones that came through there. So here I am, I'm ministering, right? And we're at the dinner table, and all of a sudden he starts to cry. And I'm like, what's wrong? He said, I got to tell you something. I said, what? He said, you remind me of Smith Wigglesworth, because his family knew Ms. Smith Wigglesworth personally. I said, what? He said, you remind me of Smith Wigglesworth. You're small like him. You have the same kind of frame. He said, but you have an unorthodox way of ministering. But God does miracle signs and wonders in your ministry. And he said, no, God raised 27 people from the dead from Smith Wigglesworth. I said, well, we got 16 more and we'll catch him. Because we've been 11 already. (laughs) But then I realized something. Smith Wigglesworth was praying for some people, and there's one little boy who was crippled, and he kicked him off the stage, and by the time he hit the ground, he was running. Now, I, I, I don't think I got that kind of faith because I ain't kicking nobody, you know, but he did it because that's how he believed God would use him. But when he went home, his clothes would be full of blood because he was trying to pass uh, gallstones or kidney stones, one of the stones. Not the Rolling Stones. And he was trying to pass, and his clothes would be full of blood. And I was listening to a man of God that's down uh, in, in Texas, mighty man of God, big church. And he was saying, I asked God, why did you not heal him? He said, God never answered him. So I went to the father. I said, Father, I can't speak for my brother, but I need to know why you did not heal him. He said, I healed him. He said, but the problem you have You don't use the scriptures the way it should be used. I said, what do you mean? He said, what does Isaiah 54, 17 say? No weapon, what? Formed against me shall what? Prosper. He said, now, where did I say never would form? I just told you it wouldn't prosper. And I never thought of that. 
He said the cross formed, but it didn't prosper. He said, I'm not, I'm telling you, just because you plead the blood doesn't mean something's not going to come against you. Doesn't mean things are not going to form, but it will not overtake you. And I realized when the doctor told me my wife was dying with leukemia and said there was no hope. What do you do when the love of your life, which is the heart of the ministry, the mother of your children, the woman that's been with you when people rejected you, when people talked about you on radio and sent letters to try to discourage people about your ministry. What do you do when you have a woman of God that stands and say, honey, no matter what, we're going to go through this together and we're going to see God do God to work. And then you hear that she's dying with something that is so rare that really they don't think it was really a cure. What do you do when you stand there and you hear the doctors and the reports and all the things that have been said? What do you do? There you go. You start to say, okay, look here. You gave me keys of binding and loosing. The original Greek, we said, what's up you declare unlawful on earth has already been declared unlawful in heaven because he's already paid the price. Whatever you declare lawful on earth has already been declared lawful in heaven. So I had to remind my father and my Lord, my Savior, my elder brother, the power of the Holy Spirit, my best friend, that your word says no matter what the enemy brings, the weapon might form, but it will not take a life. She will live and declare the works of the Lord. And guess what? We give her Sarah celebrate 23 years next week. See, God can deliver. Can I share one more testimony before I go further? I was in Japan, and I was on my way to Peru, first time ever going to Peru. And I get to Peru, and my friend's um, friend died in Japan. So the husband calls, and he wants to talk to me. And he gets on the phone, and the Holy Spirit says, tell him to take the phone and put it to his wife's ear. I said, Lord, she's already dead. Two days. He said, I didn't ask you that. Just obey. Now, can you imagine you taking the phone and putting it up to your spouse's ear who's already been dead two days? He puts the phone up to her, her ear. Lord said, now tell the corpse, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. I said, Lord, she already did. Why would I even say that? That don't even make sense. He said, I did not ask you that. I just told you to obey. I spoke what God gave me. That was it. I went to Africa from there. Then nine months later, here I am back in Japan. I'm sitting there and my translator next to me. And the pastor said, Brother Russell, we have a special guest today. And I'm thinking, that means I ain't got to preach today. But anyway, we got a special guest and she came three and a half hours just to see you. Woman walks up, walked past me. Okay, who is she? Say, Brother Russell, you don't know me, but I'm the woman who was dead for two days. She said, I was in the presence of the Lord, and I heard you say, I shall not die but live. And declare, she said, I came right back into my body. Uh, you know I took pictures right. You know, you're like, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> two days. You say, well, that was awesome. 
A year and a half ago, a co-worker comes up to me and said, Brother Russell, my son was rushed to the hospital. Liver, kidneys, lung, and heart failed. And he has swelling on the brain. His brain was the size of a pumpkin. His head was. So I go to the hospital. And this is what she tells the nurse. She said, oh, this is Brother Russell. And the nurse said, okay. Oh, he's come to raise my son from the dead. Now, how are you? Like, I'm like, you know, you're like, what? So I go in the room. And he was cold as ice, white as a sheet. But the only thing was breathing for him was three different machines breathing for him. So the doctor comes in. He said, Mr. Blackman, he said, um, why are you here? I said, because she won't be. He said, she don't realize every time we pull the plug, he dies. The only thing that's keeping him alive is this plug. I said, well, God can do He said, I understand. But I said, look here, God's going to take care of it. So I went in there and I laid hands on him. And I prayed, my hands are cold, yes. I prayed the prayer of faith. Guess what happened? He was still dead. I went to Puerto Rico. I come back. My co-worker said, you know, her son died, blah, blah. So I go to her, I said, Olga, what happened? I said, I heard your son died. She said, Russell, yes. He's up in the room right now eating. I said, what? He's up in the room eating. He's mad at you. Now, he mad at me. I said, why? First of all, wait. She said he was dead four days. After the fourth day, God raised him up from the dead. And I said, Lord, he said, the reason I didn't do it while you was here so nobody can take the glory but me. And I'm doing his wedding next year. See, what I'm trying to tell you, put your hand on your chest again. Everybody put your hand on your chest, please. Say, in me is the authority. Again, in me is the authority. One more time. In me is the authority. So, Calgary. I know I woke you up, didn't I, sweetheart? She uh-huh. It's time for you to take what belongs to you. These, all these houses, uh-uh. it's time for you guys to start interceding and bind those strongholds of the enemy that they will be released. Bind the spirit of religion that actually is trying to keep them bound. Bind the enemy because I'm going to be honest with you. In this region, there is a spirit of darkness of religion. But how do you break up darkness? It has to be light. And this church is light. So today, God is saying to you today, will you take this word and will you operate in it? Or will you just sit down and say, you know what? That's not for me. That's what pastor in the elders will you believe that God is greater than anything that can come against you can I share just one more testimony I have identical twin daughters Grace and Faith 
When my, my, my wife was pregnant with them, she contracted a bacteria in her body that only one woman in 15 years in Arizona had, and she died. My daughter Faith weighed 3 pounds 7 ounces. My daughter Grace weighed 3 pounds 14 ounces. Faith had 12 specialists. Grace had 9 specialists. My wife was on the fifth floor dying, and my daughter was on the third floor dying. And when I go into the hospital, there was a woman who was there was a Satanist. And she made sure that I knew she was a Satanist. And she would tell me, why are you coming? They have no life. They are never going to be normal. Because the doctor said they would never live. If they did live, they would never have full range of motion. They would be blind. That they wouldn't have no life. They would be invalid. I mean, they would be in wheelchairs for the rest of their life. The kidneys, lungs, and heart was failing every day. My pastor, who only lived right down the street, only came to see us one time because the way they talked about it. Here I am. I'm from Michigan. I'm in Arizona. I have no family at all. What do you do when everything's against you and everybody's talking that you cannot have? And I remember holding my daughter Faith in my hand and I'm like, oh my gosh. All these little tubes and she's fighting for her little life and she had to have an operation on her heart. They said it would take two hours, only took 45 minutes for them to close. And here I am going from the third floor crying all the way up to the fifth floor, wiping the tears from my eyes and going to my room and my wife's room and smile. How you doing baby knowing she's dying? But there's a power that nothing that the enemy can bring into your life that can defeat you. But you got to know. It's not just calling and quoting scriptures. You better know that the authority that God has given you, there's nothing that the enemy can bring in your life that can defeat you. Nothing. Because you're more than a conqueror. Well, today, Grace is a school teacher at a preschool. My daughter Faith is writing her own book and does music. And when they go to the doctor, they say they can't be because they're walking and talking and normal. Both of them are still taking college courses. Come on. See, but if I depended on what the doctor said, if I depended on what the enemy said, then my daughters would not be alive, neither would my wife. But I understand that this is not a Russell faith. This is a God kind of faith. So Calgary, Northwest, Family Church, what are y'all going to do? Are y'all going to get up and say, look here, you know what, pastor? We're going to lock arms. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Guy on the end. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Lady in the red. Come on. Come on. Lock arms with your pastor. Get on the other side. Lock arms. On the other side. And lock arms with him. Come on. Come on. Somebody else. Somebody. Come on. Come on. Come on. If you're part of this church, you're part of this ministry. Come on. Lock arms. Come on. You need to let the devil know that you're a mighty army. You're a family. You're a hallelujah. And it's going to take all of you. It's not just one of you. All of you. And come on. You're going to lock arms. Come on. And when the enemy look at you guys, guess what? He see a glory. And now guess how many people are going to be sitting out there waiting. sita. <laughs> A mighty army. A mighty army. Now let me ask you a question. As you're hooked on to each other, how many of you see that these seats are full? How many of you see that these seats are full by faith? 
How many know that you're going to have more than one service? You got to believe. You got to speak. You got to expect. You got to act. And I don't care what the devil says. He does have no authority over you. And every seat is filled for the glory of God. Northwest Family Church. God says it's time. Take it back. Take back what belongs to you. Take back what the enemies try to take from you. Take back your children, your grandchildren. Take back the marriages. Take back the relationships. Take it back. And in the name of Jesus, Father, we declare that this ministry will not fail. We declare that this ministry will rise. We declare that people that's been in bondage will be set free. We declare that this is a hospital for those who are wounded. We declare, hallelujah, and decree that this ministry will operate in the full authority of God's word and the fullness of the blessings now in Jesus' name. With the seven day. He told Elijah, I got 7,000 more who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So it's not based on your ability. It's based on my word. And we release it, Father. Let the ministering angels of God flow into this community. Break the strongholds, Father. Spirit of witchcraft and sorcery, Father. We bind in the name of Jesus. Spirit of depression in the name of Jesus. Every sickness we bind in the name of Jesus. We bind the spirit, Father, of any kind of attitudes that would take the people away from your glory and in the name of Jesus we release the anointing Father hallelujah that the power of your word over all devils 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 devils, and that's even Satan we have authority over even the enemy and we bind him in the name of Jesus And we release the healing in this place. We release miracles in this place. We release deliverance in this place. In the name that's above every name. We receive it now. In Jesus name. Okay. And the count of three. We're just going to give God a a, a good shout. Hallelujah. That's what we're going to say. Hallelujah. On the count of three. We're just going to shout hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Glory! Hallelujah. Now I need to minister to you guys. Can you give me 15 minutes to pray for you guys? You stay up here. Stand right here. By the end. Turn around and face me. Anointing oil. Anointing oil. Anointer, anointer. Who does she come with? Okay. Your daughter. Stand behind her. Is she the one with the, the walker? Where's the woman with the walker? Beatrice, that's her name? Come also. Yes, come, come. Help her up.
would say, daughter, I'm healing your body even now. Mm. I'm answering prayer for family members even now. You're going to see his glory even now. And in the name of Jesus, I speak to every part of the extremities. I release this anointing upon this woman of God. You're going to see his glory. You're going to see his glory. Oh, you're going to, oh, there he is. Father, we release that anointing. Okay, mother. generation God said I will move to the fourth generation to the fourth generation the presence of God is now released upon you and your daughter I break every generational curse that's been over the women of this family. I bind the spirit of sickness in the name of Jesus. I take authority over this lying spirit that's been chasing the women of this family, even from your mother. I bind that now. You have authority. You have a right, you and your family. You have a right to walk in the fullness of the blessings. And today, everything that the enemy has started now must end. For what God meant for good, because the enemy meant for evil, he cannot do it. Because what the enemy meant for evil, God said, I'm turning it around and making it for you good. Now hold your arms out to your mother. what you're going to do step back some more the Bible says he takes the foolish things that confound the wise oh yes oh yeah, oh, yeah. go ahead laugh girl because you know it's already done hallelujah 
You've been waiting for this, haven't you? You've been waiting for this. But now you're going to walk in it. Move back some more. Oh, now God says it's time for you to see his glory. Every step you take is going to be a miracle. Because God is destroying the strongholds that's been over your family. And everything that affected you, God said, I'm going to destroy the works of the enemy. Now that word destroy means to render powerless. Next time I come back, I'll preach on how to render the enemy powerless. You ready, mama? Okay, look at your daughter. Hold your hands out, girl. Now when you walk to her, I just want you to say, it's done. Don't worry about what anybody else, just say it's done. Go. Tell it's done. Come on, mama. It's done. It's done. It's done. It is done. Hallelujah. Everybody point your hands. Tell her I saw her out the hallway. And the Lord says, time. We speak to the heart in the name of Jesus. We speak to every part of the extremities in the name of Jesus. Father, she still have life. We release life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, be healed now. In the name of Jesus. Now, we're going to operate our faith. Tell her, I need two men. You and another man. I need another man. Another man. Somebody, please, move quickly. Move quickly. Okay, y'all move back. Can she walk without this? Can she walk with this? Hallelujah. Okay, you still need to speak to Spanish. What is your name? Oh, he speaks Spanish. Okay, what is her name? 
I ain't even going to try it. Beatrice. Beatrice. Okay, thank you. You ready, Beatrice? the healer this is not the work of a man but the work of the Holy Spirit and in the name that's above every name we release your anointing now glorify your name now for your name's sake in Jesus name Belen Hallelujah. Bring it towards me. Come on, Mama. Look at me. Look at me. wife stand down there stand down stand go back hold out your hands in the name of Jesus now you her daughter come here daughter stand next to her stand next to her everybody point your hands mama tell her is she ready yes or no yes is she ready Yes, okay. Now this is what you're going to do. You're going to walk to the pastor's wife. 
because Jesus is telling you to come. And when God starts to do things, it's for His glory. Now let me ask you, do you have any fear? Yeah, that's my thoughts. A little, yes, poquito. Pastor, come. Lay your hands on her head and rebuke the spirit of fear. We take authority over fear. Declare it has to leave. For the love of Jesus, that perfect love casts out all fear. Fear be gone. We speak to you now. You must leave in Jesus' name. And let faith arise. Let faith arise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, the reason why I have pastor do it is because it's not a man, one man show. He's the shepherd. They're the shepherds. You need to recognize what you have in your house. Now, let me know when you're ready. because the first one is the name of the Father. The second one is the name of the Son. Now this is in the name of the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on, brother. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Wait, 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 wait. Can we turn that down, the music, just a little bit, just a little bit. Turn the music down just a little bit. Keep it playing, but just a little bit. can do is according to your faith. Daughter, take that and put that down there. That. Every day I want you and your family to walk with her because when she depends on that, she stopped believing. Take it put it down there. At the end, what right might make it. Every day. What'd she say? exercise because faith is a fact but faith is also an act so a little bit at a time you don't have to do it all at one time I'm doing this because I want to develop her faith and exercise her faith but every day you know if she can just walk a little bit distance and more every day she'll get more strength you understand but before I go any further you ready the lady with the white pants on right here at the end stand to your feet 
you have been in a season where the enemy has attacked you severely. And you've been in a storm and the enemy has been trying to make you think that you cannot be set free. Step out in the aisle. But the Lord is telling me to tell you the storm has come to an end. It's the season for you and your family to walk in victory. And I don't know what, I've never met you, I've never seen you before, but when you walked out and came back in, the Lord said, tell her, this is what I want you to do. Turn around. The other way, other way, other way. No, no, go the other way. Once, all the way around, again, twice, and one more time. Now stop. The Lord said, I'm unwinding you from the strongholds of the enemy that's been against you. But now turn the other way. God said, turn, come on, all the way. Again, and one more time. God said, I'm going to give you a new day. I'm going to start you with something new. And he said, 2017 will be a year that you're going to remember that God has been faithful. And I don't know who it is in your family, but God said, I'm getting ready to change some things. And I'm going to heal. And I'm going to bring victory to you and your family. And 2017, but you have to stay faithful. Lift your hands. What is your name? Okay. You married? Children? Okay. Your husband is serving the Lord. Your sons are serving the Lord. But God said there's something that God's getting ready to do for a family member. I don't know who it is, but something's getting ready to change. And when it changed, God said, you're going to remember this day. That God said, I turned you around to turn you around. Hmm. Wow. You are one that intercedes. And God said, now I'm going to use you to intercede for nations. Prepare your heart. 2017. You ready? Now, before I say anything else, do your spirit bear witness? Get ready. I'll hear about you. You ready, mama? You ready? Then we're going to let you rest. On the count of three. Give me that. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Take your time. She's walking a little bit better and faster than last time. Hallelujah. Keep on going, girl. Keep on going. You're almost there. Give her a hug. Give her a hug. You can take that. If you're here, and we're going to end. The Lord told me to pray for women who have fibromyalgia. We've seen a woman who had it for 24 years set free. I never heard of it until I went to Sacramento, California. If you're here and you are struggling with fibromyalgia, I will pray for you to be healed. If you know somebody in your family has fibromyalgia, we'll pray for them also. 
because that's a disease that's something that affects the nervous system it should never be so nobody here with fibromyalgia praise the Lord that's good that's a blessing amen if you want prayer what is your name again ma'am Jessica she goes here she goes to church here Jessica, step back out again. Who's with you? She goes to the church upstairs. Which one is your mom? How you doing, mom? Stand up. She goes here. Okay. And who's with you? Oh, come on, best friend, stand up. Hold hands. Move out into the three-court rope is not easily broken. There's a reason why you're in the middle. Because you actually know what I'm after. I had to get her attention because she's been concerned about you. You remember I told you a family member? She's like a family member to you. And see, a lot of times when God speaks, everybody thinks they already know what God is saying. But I needed to get your attention so I could speak to her. You two are the ones that's going to help her in this season that you're in. My goodness. If you want to talk about pain and situations, you can write a book. But God said, daughter, if the enemy could have destroyed you, he would have destroyed you a long time ago. But he can't take what God has called you for. I see you as a little child. Wow. You have a spirit of love. You give even when people hurt you. People have walked over you. They've hurt you. People, even family members have done you wrong. But yet you're still like this. But God said, now I'm going to pour the oil into wine. I'm going to heal you. And all those wounds from a little girl growing up in your family <laughs> because in your family that's where the stronghold has been but God say no more you're going to be the key to many family members coming to Jesus Christ but let me ask you a question are you a Christian now it's time for you to walk in victory you agree with that you're very dear to her very dear and very dear to her. So this is what I want you three to do. To come out. Come on. And stand up. Keep holding hands. Stand down there. All the way down. Keep them going. Give me ten minutes and we'll be done. Anybody else need prayer after I get through them? Let us know. We'll pray for you. I expect God to do some miraculous things in this ministry. What is your name? Jennifer. Married? Children? No? Want children? You know, they call me the baby preacher. I pray for a woman who had full hysterectomy in Africa. Her son's 11 years old now. 
you're going to be a good mother. Your husband is saved? He kind of, he's going to do the things of God. I speak to your womb in the name of Jesus. And just like Hannah, bring the child forth and give it to Jesus. Just like Hannah and Sarah, you will carry a promise. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind everything that will try to hinder you from bringing forth life. I bind any tumors of any kind in the name of Jesus. I bind even the tilting of the womb in the name of Jesus. I speak life to your womb and in the name of Jesus, you will produce a child, but not only a child, you will produce children. In the name of Jesus. Jennifer. How old are you? Okay. You're not too young or too old. I pray for a woman who just had a baby a couple of years ago, 53. My other friend was 43 when she had hers. But see, God said, I have to, I have to straighten some things out first. And you know what I'm talking about. And nobody else's business is between you and God. But God said, I'm going to change some things. And I'm going to reposition you. Where's Roger? And Megan can tell you, I pray for a church in Concepcion. I came back next year. All everyone, Every one of those ladies was pregnant. Is that true? first one to say congratulations Ooh. you know what and I'm just saying don't be surprised it might be twins but God said I've answered your prayer you've been waiting and God said no, I'm turning around you've been praying for her now I'm turning around and God said I'm going to take some things from the past and I'm going to remove them so you don't have to look in the rearview mirror any longer you're going to move forward in the things of God and great will be your witness that God has done it once again. And when you get pregnant, you, you let the pastor let let me know. I'm like, let me know. I'm like, hey, Sabi, say hi. Have you picked out any names yet? Okay, all right. Material, I told the woman of God, buy boy and girls clothes. Don't wait till you get pregnant. Receive the pregnancy now. Now faith is the substance. You don't have a harvest till you understand the seed. So my question is this. Put your hand on your chest. So I have the right to be like Jesus. So I have the right to produce a child. In Jesus' name. Ooh, I'm excited for you, girl. You excited? Tell your husband, guess what? It's not the work of a man. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. You can give her a hug. You want to say something, you got a glow in your face like, okay, you sure? Mama? Mama?
You want to say anything? You want to say anything? Who would die you go? That's what I wanted to hear. Thank you, Jesus. That means it's solidified. It's yours. Come on, guys. Give a God a hand clap. I don't know if you go to church or wherever you go, but if you can make it tomorrow, come, because I'm going to teach you the God kind of faith that whatever you speak, you have. And if God can do it for me, he can do it for you, Jennifer. Amen. Now let me see your hands. Healing is going to be in your hands. Lift them up. What is your name again? I'm, 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 I'm still learning names. Jessica, Jennifer. Okay, then we have we're gonna have three J's. Lift your hands. Hmm. You, you're already prophetic. I already know that. I saw it on you. But you got to make sure. You only prophesy what He gives you. You only speak when He tells you to speak. And be like Jeremiah. Don't be broken by the looks of people's faces. Because if you start looking at people's faces and their reactions, you will not speak what God called you to speak. And I'm telling you, because I'm a prophet to the nations, I speak to governments, and I make sure I only speak what he tells me. God says, speak only what I give you to speak when I tell you to speak. Healing is in your hands. Put your hands on your stomach. On your now you need to start speaking to the child that's in you and start calling into existence. And no matter what your body says, I don't even care what the doctor says or the test says. Because you know what they told my wife? We can never have children. Now we got three. And our first one says twins. Ah, oh, mama. You did a good job. But God says some more things I got for you. God's not done with you. So let's stand to our feet real quick. We're going to pray and let you go. And thank you, Pastor. I, 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 I won't apologize for what's happened, but I just thank God for the word. Is there anybody here who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior? Because we always want to give you opportunity. Now let me ask one question. How many of you are under 20 years old? Raise your hand. Under 20. Young people, under 20. Under 20. One, two, three, four, five. Anybody? Five. Four, five. It's five of you. Now, I want you five to come up here real quick. Six. Who's the sixth person? One, two, three. Sunday, five. Where's the sixth person? Oh. You okay, sweetheart? We'll pray for us, sweetheart. Stand in the line. Two more. My heart is for the young people. You ready? At the age of 11, 
God sent a man to our church. He called me. I said, young man, one day you're going to go to the nations. I didn't even understand. I was only 11 years old. I've been to 31 different countries and still growing in 31 years. But God loves young people. And I love you too. But let me say this to you. Hold hands. Thank God for education. Thank God for technology. But at the end of the day, you got to make sure Jesus Christ is your Lord. Because if you don't, you can have all the accolades. I met the fifth smartest man in the world. The fifth smartest man in the world. He tried to kill himself 30 times. He's tried every religion until he came to Jesus Christ. Now, how can you be the fifth smartest man in the world? See, God knows. And I'm saying this to each and every one of you. Listen to me very carefully. When God put his hand on you, it's to set you free. Quick testimony. Been sentenced to prison for 30 years. Overdosed three times. Tried to kill my whole family. But see, when God's hands on you, the devil can't destroy you. So that means no matter what you go through, God is able. Do you understand? And Father, in the name of Jesus, you point your hands to all these young people. I pray for protection. I pray for guidance. I pray that you use them at a young age. As you did with Isaiah. As you did with Jeremiah. As you did with Jesus. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you use them in every facet of life. Father, let everything their hands touch be blessed. Let the healing balm and let the word of God be manifested. And let the word be upon that they will make the right decisions. That they will have the fullness of the glory of God. And that they will hunger and thirst after righteousness. And Father, let them not be fooled by what the world has to offer. And let them not be fooled by what the things that come before them will try to bring them. Let the young ladies, hallelujah, be women of virtue. Let the men be men of valor. I speak life and protection over each and every one of them. And in the name of Jesus, I release the anointing. Amen. And I pray for her toe to be healed. Swelling go down. Soreness go in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance on you, and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Service tomorrow morning at 1030. And uh, why don't you spread the word? Amen.